The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, I wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It's the Thursday night recap show and the Indianapolis Colts, dare I say, our Indianapolis Colts, rolled over the Tennessee Titans, dare I say John Reach's Tennessee Titans, 34-17 to in a massive divisional game that knots them at the top of the AFC South and drastically alters the landscape of professional football as we know it, or something like that. The Colts were a one-point favorite at close. That was a good decision if you took them. If you listen to the, the pregame podcast, you probably took, uh, what do we have, Ryan Tannehill's shortest pass? Or the longest pass under whatever it was. I'm 99% sure it hit because he only had 147 passing yards on 27 attempts. Good job, RJ. And I said to take, I believe, Michael Pittman overs. I definitely said to take Naheem Hines overs in receiving. Hines, NC State grad, celebrated his birthday. 45 receiving yards, one touchdown. 70 rushing yards and one touchdown. But anyway, joining me now to recap it, John Breach, Ryan Wilson. What's up? And Brinson, if anyone read the Thursday newsletter, they got my prop lock, which was Rodrigo Blankenship over six and a half points. Nice. Easy money for everyone. I should actually be co-hosting a podcast tonight with how many special teams plays there were. I can't even start. I'll let Ryan talk. Uh, Ryan, Ryan means me. So you just settle down. I have something to point out. If anyone watched the CBS Sports HQ, um, I called in, actually wasn't on air. I had to call in and do a, a segment so they could work on the graphics, but I picked Ryan Tannehill under passing yards, Derrick Henry over rushing yards, Phillip Rivers over passing yards, but I also picked Phillip Rivers to go over on the TD. So I didn't get that one. Oh, what a- <laughs> so only, I, only, only a key. I bet, I, I bet the Rivers over passing touchdowns. So that hurt because it was like minus 172. And it, and the worst part is. It should have hit a couple times. Like he should have easily gotten it. He had one of those little jet sweep flip plays. Uh, I think to, um, Zach Pascal, who was ruled down by his elbow after they, they called it a touchdown. Or it was overturned. <laughs> I'm laughing because his, his elbow yelled out, you're down. He said he was ruled down by his elbow. <laughs> Perfect. That's, that's, that's good grammar police. Um, oh, Trey Burton. I might, I had a oh, Trey Burton overs that loss. T.Y. Hilton overs were pretty good. <laughs> he played. That's the over. Well, he had, his over-under was 35 and a half, which tells you the state of T.Y. Hilton. Um, by the way, for podcast fans, you can check out in the feed, there is a 
uh, Best Bets podcast that will go up, I believe, at 10 a.m. on Friday. You're listening to this on, well, it's, it's almost, it'll, by the time we finish recording, it'll be Friday. So you're, you can listen to it at 10 a.m. on Friday. Full show with me, Pete, and RJ White. We got a great, great parlay, bunch of great picks. You should check it out. And then bonus podcast, if you weren't expecting a mailbag, mid-season mailbag with me, Breach, and Wilson. Oh, well, you know what? We're going to break out the, the rare uh, non-Breach and Wilson sound drop. Usually only reserved for a Brady Quinn football show. We will use it for the mid-season mailbag, Super Friends show. So check that out on Saturday in your feed. It will be full of nonsense hijinks. We'll be answering your questions from your five-star reviews, but let's recap this game now. I mean, frankly, I don't think that 34-17 gives us enough credit. The Colts were losing at half and should have been beating the tar out of the Titans. They ran at one point 27 consecutive plays and scored three points off those plays. Now, that's, I guess, a bad thing, but their defense is really good, and Rivers, when he's got a clean pocket, can still deal. Am I crazy for loving the Colts to be able to make some noise in the AFC this season? Yes. I'll just say this, and then, yeah, I'll just say this, and then Breach can talk what? about, about his, just this may be Breach. your team's ass, bro. Well, just, this, just, hold on. This may I be Breach's favorite game of the year, the so let me just say this. I agree with Breach. I think the answer is that you are crazy, and it's because of this one reason. The Titans' defense sucks, and they cannot get after the passer. And if you get after Phillip Rivers, that's when the issues arise. So that's my once in his takeaway. And, Breach, you can explain how the 45 other points came via some pretty crappy special teams. No, no, I actually agree with Brinson. The Colts could have won this game 44-17. to They only punted once the entire time, and that was at the end of the game when they were trying to run out the clock. The Titans could not stop Indianapolis no matter what. I mean, they were just running up and down the field. But, Ryan, what you said hit the nail on the head. The, the Titans have zero pass rush. And if you don't rush Phillip Rivers, uh, he's a statue back there. But the one thing he can do is pick you apart if he's not being pressured. And that's what he did here. This was easy for him. So if he plays a team that can get after the quarterback, he's going to struggle. We've already seen it this year. Uh, but if you don't have a pass rush, the Colts are going to beat you. And it's really that simple. And I think – Brinson, you'd probably agree. There's a couple questionable decisions. It seems like they, they can't figure out who they want to play at running back. I was surprised that Jonathan Taylor just kept getting snaps when Naeem Hines was clearly the best running back in that game uh, for Indy. But Indianapolis was hands down the best team on the field in this game. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. That's fine. I mean, do, would you, okay, so the, would you say that the, the Colts are, are, you, the, are you flustered because Breach agreed with everything you said? Yeah, he's like, he called me crazy. He's like, you're insane. And then was like, everything you said is completely true. And so I'm confused. <laughs> like, like what, but what team is, what team is going to just come in and just absolutely devastate? The Steelers. The Ravens. Okay, I mean, the Steelers have a good pass rush. I'll give you that. The Ravens. We just saw it last week. Eh, Dude, the Ravens game, I mean, come on. 14 of the Ravens' points were, were scored on kind of garbage. Well, Jonathan Taylor's not very good, unfortunately. Right Jonathan now. Taylor's a problem. I agree with that completely. Like, he, and Philip Rivers got pressure and he threw one of those arm punts, and you could argue whether it's an interception oh, or not. come on. Don't count that. That thing, that was garbage. It was a terrible throw. Even if Marcus Peters didn't catch it. Look, the Ravens have a really good defense. The Ravens okay, are a problem. You just asked the question we told you. Kansas City, obviously. Okay. Right, yes, if the, if the Colts have to go through Kansas City and and Baltimore, it's a problem. That's very difficult. And Pittsburgh. That's three teams. Right. All I'm saying is the AFC is the, look, 
they can make some noise in the AFC. They're not going to get what blown out mean? by any of those teams. What, okay, not getting blown out. That's what make noise means? I'm just trying to get where you're going. How, how good is this team is what I'm asking. I think. I mean, look, I don't think the Colts are the favorite to win the AFC, but I think the Colts are a good enough team with good coaching, a good offensive line, a really good defense, like a really, really good defense yep. that people are not talking about enough. Well, if, we, we talk about it. Real quick, Brent, you've been saying all year the Titans are fraud, so how much credit should we get a team for beating a fraudulent team? I mean, do you want to dunk on me? I mean, well, I'm, that's like, that's being like, that's like looking at your wife and being like, you've been saying for years I'm an adulterer. So what, what kind of credit are you going to give me as a husband for being an adulterer? It's like, like what, do you, what, what, what kind of argument is that? It's I didn't cheat on you tonight, lady. Yeah, it's like, what, yeah, what, I don't get credit. I don't get credit for being a good father because I sleep around. Um, so the, the Titans have a really good offense. And frankly, Derrick Henry, Ended up, like, if you look at the box score, you're like, wow, Derrick Henry ran really well. A lot of the yardage was late in the game when it was sewn up. Um, they did a really good job containing him. The Titans lost Ben Jones and, um, uh, 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 uh Saffold, Roger Saffold, two of their starting offensive linemen. They'd already lost Taylor Lewan. That's a big problem for Tennessee. And lost Jack Conklin in the offseason. Yeah. I mean, like, Tennessee is now down to, a, a skeleton crew on their offensive line. And when your identity is feeding Derrick Henry until he burst and then letting Ryan Tannehill throw off play action, that's a big problem. So I, I think that the Colts, if they were, they were plus 160 coming into this game to win the division, I think they should be minus 160 bare minimum coming out of this game. Minus 140, according to Debo, just put it in Slack for you to look at. The Debo's the best. That's pretty close. Uh, what are the Titans? Plus one ten, which I I think I'm still on the Titans. But the Titans are still. Well, that's, oh, they have the Titans listen higher, but they're not favored. And, and the thing about the Titans, though, and and, and because that's they weird. beat the Bears, uh, people kind of maybe lost track of it. But they've really struggled on offense the past few weeks, and especially in the past four weeks, they've played three of the NFL's best defenses in the Steelers, the Bears, and the Colts, and they didn't hit three hundred yards. In any of those games. And, you know, and they still have to play the Colts again. They still have to play the Ravens who have a good defense. Uh, so they've shown that they have a, they have trouble moving the ball against good defenses. And I know we always argue about, are there actually any good defenses? Uh, but I, I think we agree that the Colts definitely are. And when they're in your division, that is trouble. So, and Ryan oh. Tano hasn't looked that good the past three weeks. So I, I think the Titans are the, the team you got to worry about. Good news for the, good news for the Titans coming up. They have the uh, Ravens and the Colts again. Yeah, I was gonna say they'll, they'll get to revisit this Colts game pretty quickly. Although I mean, could, the, the the mini break is good for them, but man, I mean that's what's the they have a nice break? stretch after that where they get Brown. I mean, I guess Browns is good, and then Jaguars and Lions. Or I don't Derek know, the Browns, nuts. The Browns I, aren't a bad football team. I no, don't I, think I, I'm not. Okay, I'm gonna say I guess Browns, but like they've got ten days, and then they have to play the Ravens on the road, and followed up by playing the Colts on the road. Yeah. This is a sort of a precarious position for the Titans. I think those odds are wildly inaccurate. Like the eh. Colts would be a bigger favorite. Okay. I mean, they're close. It's not that far apart. Well, I think it's funny because like the, the Titans are just like destined to finish nine and seven for the rest of the time. They've already done it four times. Yeah. People, we saw them get to, to six and two and we're like, ah, it's not going to happen this year. Now they're six and three with the Ravens and Colts coming out on their plate. Who knows if they'll beat the Browns in three weeks, but also this team is so up and down. No, none of us would be surprised if they go into Baltimore in Week 11 and win that game, right? Yeah, you actually forget that this team lost to the Bengals. Um, I I spaced on that, and the Bengals actually played really well that game, and obviously the the Titans did not. 
That said, I still feel like they're the favorites in the division for me. The Titans? I'm, I'm not really – I don't want to break out with them just yet. Uh, I mean, they shouldn't be the favorite. They shouldn't. I mean, they're like, as, as I pointed out at the beginning, their pass rush stinks. Their defense is, is almost as bad. And uh, as Breach and they just lost it, three of their starting offensive linemen in the last week. And Ryan Tannehill hasn't been great. I think Ryan Tannehill's been pretty good. The last few games, he hasn't been great. I, I'm I, Danny Cannell said on HQ today that Ryan Tannehill has been a top ten quarterback this season. Maybe. I mean, if you subtract the, the last not, four weeks, yeah. If you get on the list, like there's not a ton of great quarterbacking happening in the NFL right now. Has he been better than Roethlisberger? I mean, I think he's been better this season than Roethlisberger. Roethlisberger plays a special brand, but can can he pretend he's hurt every game and come out of the, the <laughs> tunnel and, and put up big numbers? I mean, I would definitely take Tannehill over Roethlisberger if I needed a game tomorrow. I think. I don't know. It's Roethlisberger is in he's in win ugly mode now. All right, so um, I mean, would you take him over Tom Brady? I think that's the line. It's real close. Okay. What about he's not been bad. I, no, I would take Justin. I was thinking about Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow. I take both of them over Ryan Tannehill, I believe. Well, uh, I, I think Tannehill's played better than Burrow. Breach. That's that's absurd. Right, they played, what, each, why don't other. We take a break. They played each what, other. Why don't, and Burrow why don't we, beat him? Why don't we take a break? <laughs> and come take a break. We'll and get come back, back on. But, uh, but no, <laughs> take yes. a break. We'll come back. We'll discuss quarterbacks. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. You see, I got to do my job. I got to take the break before we dive into the 17-minute quarterback discussion and then Debo wants to murder me when we break on our 25-minute recap at 26 minutes. Hmm. Um, I mean, we can pick it apart all we want. And Tannehill is is... I don't want to say – I'm not going to say that Tannehill is a top-10 quarterback in the NFL right now moving forward because I think it's going to be a big problem if he loses his starting center, he already lost his left tackle, and loses another starting offensive lineman. like that. And then, as you point out, Conklin's all gone in the offseason. They're starting a rookie over there. I mean, like, that's not the formula for Tannehill to be better. I, well, I think Arthur Smith is calling some great games. Yeah, we owe, once again, Arthur Smith an apology. Perpetual we were, apology. Yeah, we were dunking him nonstop last year before Tannehill came in. Turns out Marcus Mariota was a problem. We should just rename the podcast to the Arthur Smith Apology Show. Should so, we FedEx him an apology? Ooh. Oh, that's a good one. Because you know what? <laughs> we saw a couple of these fourth downs. I think we were all a little perplexed. You know, like The Colts kept going for it. And they, they did convert a lot, but they kept going right up the middle. 
and a couple times there was just no creativity there. Oh. As soon as the Titans get down to the one yard line, what do we see? We see this insane uh, razzle dazzle play that goes to Johnu Smith for a one yard touchdown run, and that's like, hey, if the Colts were running that stuff, maybe they convert on a couple of these fourth and one. So you see, but, but Frank Reich's the guy, the offensive coordinator for Philly, the Philly special. Like we I, know he's a good offensive coordinator. He's a good great. play caller, I guess. I mean. I, I don't. Are we just going to skip over the fact that Breach used the term "razzle dazzle"? Don't people still use that? Very breachy in term. <laughs> At least you pronounce razzle it correctly. Dazzle. I'm surprised you didn't <laughs> give us some jazz hands. Razzle, razzle dazzle. Um, razzle right, so dazzle. on the on the fourth down conversions because this is a, a text conversation I had with a couple buddies. Um, to, at my friend Nathan, who's very analytically inclined, he's like. In, mechanical engineer was texting me. He's like, so what, like, what is the deal? He's like, what is the deal? Is like, what are the analytical people freaking out about this? Them going for it here at the 47, et cetera, et cetera. It's, I think that we've gotten to this point where the discussion about going for it on fourth down has sort of lost a lot of the nuance that is required, like outside of the win expectancy models that you get popped up on Twitter. Now that those models are important, but I do wonder, for instance, if, Excuse me. If if you know that it's fourth down and one at the Titans, uh, let's say thirty-one yard line, and you're trailing seven to three, and you're going to run a draw play up the middle, like I think all of that ch- that changes it for me. You know what I'm saying? Like like you're going to run you're going to Jordan Wilkins at Jeffrey Simmons, and just hope that works out instead of spreading the defense out and letting. Philip Rivers, who, who was playing really well, pick between multiple receivers to just complete a very short pass to. I'll take the, like, I think that nuance has been lost in the discussion of analytics and win probability and the 2% win. And I'm not sure that those numbers are even accurate. For instance, are the Titans definitely 60% to win up seven nothing when the Colts have the ball on the Titans side of the field? I, I don't know about that. Yeah. The that, first that, order. The lesson there is just you, you can't be on Twitter nonstop. You got to take a break. Just watch the game. And you can't follow the win po- probability chart nonstop. It'll just it just hurts your head. Yeah, it's like trying. It's literally like watching the election Tuesday night at eight p.m. and then trying to predict a winner. That's that's at actually a great example. But but I mean again, the Titans go down to score a touchdown in the first drive. The Colts go down and answer and get to the twenty. Three yard line, something like that. Twenty nine, twenty nine, and they go for it on fourth and don't get it. Before they went for it on fourth, I saw a model that said if they converted it, they're still like thirty nine percent chance to win. And I understand they're down seven, but it's the first quarter, right? That feels like a really exorbitant shift in point differential for what is considered a coin like or a win, win probability for what is considered a coin flip game. And you're not taking into account that the kicker sucks, uh, and they have no confidence in Goskowski. So, uh, no, no, I'm wait, we're talking about the Colts, right? Oh, yeah. the Colts. Sorry, I was actually thinking about the the kick that Goskowski missed, and I was going to ask Breach which is worse, the, the punter or the kicker situation in, in Indy. I'm sorry. just saying, I think that uh, like assigning 10 percent win probability. Yeah, it's early in the game. Is a lot for a yeah. one touchdown. Yeah, I and, mean, it probably factors into it that the Titans literally just drove right down. Indy's throw against one of the best defenses in the NFL, and the probability takes into the fact that, hey, if you can do this against this defense, 
uh, you know, what's to say they can't do it the whole game? Because the probability I, obviously changes as you go. And based on the first drive, it showed that, you know, Tennessee's going to put up 500 yards and score 40 points. I think the model is much simpler than that. I think the model is based on I, an average of what everything that happens. And it's just, it's a computer spitting out a number. It's not taking into account the how good the Colts defense is. And that's why, again, you right. Have to, and the average, you know, if Ryan Tannehill, that first drive, he's four, four for 49 yards. No, no, no. He's, he's saying good. it takes an average of what everybody in the NFL does. Yeah, it's on not fourth and one, but that's dumb. Like, what what do the Colts do on fourth and one? Versus, and that's why like, people what do the like Cowboys do on fourth and one. And that's why people be like more specific. P get mad about you can't just and he's right. You can't just put everything all in on that. And every team has analytics people telling them what to do in the moment. Yeah, Harbaugh, you hear him sometimes on the mic up sessions talking about analytics says do this or do that. So yeah, I, I mean the first quarter stuff. Unless it's look, I don't want to see uh, Mike McCarthy punting fourth and one from midfield. I don't care what time of the game it is. But it doesn't mean they're going to lose a football game. They're going to lose a football game because everyone on that team is hurt and the coaching staff makes a series of bad decisions. It won't be just because of one thing. But, but like, conversely, all right, so if you have Ben DiNucci and you're missing two offensive linemen and Zeke Elliott is coughing the ball up left and right and you're playing the Philadelphia Eagles who have a good defensive line and you have fourth and one at midfield, you know what? Punt it. <laughs> like, punt it. And, and, that's, and that's the thing. Analytics, all it does is take the raw numbers of NFL history and says, this is the probability of you winning in that situation. Now, you as the coach, you have to look at that exact situation. If you have Derrick Henry running against the Cowboys defense, you probably want to go for it on fourth and one. If you have uh, you Jordan know, Wilkins running against Jeffrey Simmons, maybe don't call a draw at the middle. Exactly. So you absolutely have to take the situational aspect into it because the numbers are just numbers. They're just historical numbers throughout history that says this is how teams have done on fourth and one. This is how much it improves your chances of winning, but you don't improve your chances of winning if you don't get it. And if you call a low percentage play, you're not going to get it. So it's all just kind of tied in together. And again, I I don't, I'm not, I'm not qualified to do a model by any stretch of the imagination. I'm far from it. And I, I appreciate the nerds and, my fellow nerds out there doing it so we can have a better understanding because I think it has improved play calling. I think it's improved the way that um, you, you see how football coaches react, but to blindly like just berate somebody for not going for it on a fourth. Now, if it's look, if it's fourth and one on the 41, don't punt it. Obviously, if you got a great field goal carrier, that's different. And you want to kick the field goal and you trust him. I, I'm okay with that. But like, you don't punt it there. Like, don't be a coward. Go for it. Cause you convert it 40 plus percent of the time, 45 plus percent of the time. I but, would just, I would just say this. Like in a previous life, I, I was a stats nerd person before I had nerd. Became, became you, a did, block. you did create an entire algorithm called Wins over Wilson for this <laughs> before I, became which a is full- what we exclusively use on this podcast <laughs> before I became a full time blogger. But the point is that. The people that made the model know in general are pretty smart people, but the people on Twitter are as dumb as the rest of us and they're just they're just following along. Like, oh, okay, everything fourth and whatever, we need to yell and scream about it. Yeah, you don't necessarily because you don't know what you're talking about. I guarantee if you pressed ninety nine percent of these people, they, they wouldn't be able to tell you why they feel the way they do other than they saw it on Twitter. Um and you know what? Talking about this analytics is a perfect segue to my favorite topic of the uh, night. Before you no. before you segue, I have, I have one quick point I want to make. <laughs> well, I just, I think that it's also important to note that like Frank Reich, the second he got the job in Indianapolis has been doing this. So don't be freaked out when Frank Reich is going for it. He's like, we are going for it on fourth down all the time. You need to understand that's how I feel. That's my approach. Like that's okay. If, you, if your holistic approach is to go for it on fourth down more aggressively, 
then I'm not going to beat you up as much on the play calls. Now I don't, didn't like the play calls tonight, but he's going for it. He knows the percentages favor him. He knows he has a good offensive line and maybe he believes his special teams could make a difference breach. Uh, yes, that is what you would think, Brenton, and that's what happened. And you know, okay, so the Titans special teams lost them the game. We're talking about the Colts maybe win this 44 to 17, but if the Titans don't just turn into a total disaster, then maybe that's flipped and maybe this ends up being a close game. This was one of the ugliest special teams performances I have seen from any team all season. But the reason I was going to segue from analytics is because I actually think the trouble started. So the Titans shanked a 17 yard punt on their first possession of the third quarter. And the only reason they were punting, they had a third and one, a third and one at their own 20-yard line. All right? Now, I'm going to ask you guys this. You have Derrick Henry on your team. What are you going to call? A play action where Ryan Tannehill runs 10 yards behind the line of scrimmage on third and one? Or you give it Derrick Henry up the middle? Play action. <laughs> play action. Well, guess what? The Titans call it a play action. Tannehill yes. gets sacked for a 10-yard loss. Oh, you get to Derrick Henry, you get the first down. Maybe you keep moving, uh, but no, 10-yard loss. Trevor Daniel then shakes a putt 17 yards. You guys have probably never heard of Trevor Daniel because he wasn't Titans punter on last week. He wasn't Titans punter the week before that. They've had three different punters in three weeks. Now I'm going to tell you something about the Titans punting real quick, and this is just all special teams tied together. Ryan Allen was the Titans punter on Sunday against the Bears. He averaged 50.5 yards per punt. He had a long of 65. He was a big reason why they won 24 to 17 on Sunday. Oh, guess what? Ryan Allen's on the inactive list because apparently, uh, Trevor Daniel outkicked him in practice this week. Okay. Uh, that's what Vrabel said after the game. It's a three day work week. You, the game's Thursday. You literally have one practice in pads. I'm not sure how somebody can get out practice so badly that they get sent to the inactive list after a game where they average 50 and a half yards. This is like a quarterback throwing for 400 yards and getting benched because he had one bad day of practice and, and saying, you know what? Sean Payton saying, you know, Jameis Winston's going to start on Thursday because Drew had a bad, uh, practice day Monday. Breach. How bad does the practice have to be for a punter in one 90 minute session to get Exactly. Unless Ryan Allen literally shanked every single punt. But even then, I'm going by what he did in his first and only game uh, with the Titans on Sunday, which was averaging 50 and a half yards per punt. No, so I'm, asking, I'm asking you, how bad does that practice I have mean, to be? I mean, you would literally have to average <laughs> every one of your punts goes More over than 17 yards, yards of punt. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. 17 yards of punt, and the other guy's going like 60 how about, how yard bombs. How just bring in the New England drags to, to Tennessee? It's like, oh, you kicked in New England? That's you're, exactly you're what Rabel's doing. Come on over. But the reason I'm going all in with the punting explanations, because not only do we have the Shank 17-yard punt and then the Colts score on a 27-yard drive, then on the next Titans possession, we have a blocked punt. What happens when you're putting a punter out there for the first time with the special teams unit he's never played with and getting long snap from a guy he's never seen, and the Colts are rushing it? You get your punt blocked, and they return it for a touchdown. So now your punter has cost you two touchdowns. Uh, and then Stephen Goskowski, God bless him, he's probably not going to be working for the Titans in week 11, misses a 44-yard wow. field goal. The Colts turn around, score a touchdown. That is three special teams mistakes. The Colts turn it in to three touchdowns. Game over. All right, here's my next question. If you're getting rid of Goskowski, who are you signing? Yeah. Hey. You find someone. You don't even know? Like that's I need to have a list prepared. No, I mean literally. You know, you know what a good AD does, Breach, when they're firing a, a coach of their, their team? They have a list ready. Well, usually Breach has a, he could reel off five names at, at the time. Well, here's the problem is that I reeled off a name last time we brought something up and I found out that guy was on a practice squad because you can hoard kickers now. 
Like people have them on their practice squads. Like Ryan Allen, the, the, the Titans had two punters on their active roster and Ryan Allen wasn't active today and they started the other guy who has two punters on their roster. That's how crazy things are this year. Can I so, make a suggestion? Yeah. The Titans should have only kickers on their practice squad. <laughs> I mean, well, any I, other takeaways from this game? Oh, uh, actually I have one. Michael yeah. Pittman, he's a good player. Yeah. He was right. right. They drafted when they, when the Colts drafted him in the second round of USC. Frank Wright called him the best wide receiver in this draft class. And I don't want to go that far, but eight targets, seven catches, 101 yards should have scored a touchdown, at least one. And, um, I love Jonathan Taylor, seven carries, 12 yards, almost all those carries. Frank Reich has said coming into this game that he was going to give Taylor most of the snaps in the first 15 scripted plays of the, the game. And then it was up to the running backs coach who to use. Jordan Wilkins, eight carries, Naheem Hines, 12. If you have Jonathan Taylor on your fantasy team, you banged. Yikes. Yeah, Michael Pittman actually had one rush for 21 yards too. But yeah. I, I, I love that second round where the, the Colts got, um, Taylor and Pittman. I, uh, I thought, okay, this makes a lot of sense, especially with Taylor. The- Taylor can be fine long term. He's just not, he's not, he's, he's not ready. Eh, no, it's a lot. It's a lot of season left. By the way, we're going to here on this. I'd be remiss if I didn't point out. Did I put this out already? NC State night. Shout out Joe Buck. Jacoby Brissett touchdown. Naheem Hines. Happy birthday, Naheem Hines. Two touchdowns. Over 100 total yards. And, of course, Phillip Rivers. Crazy completion percentage. 300 yards and a touchdown. Ow! See you later. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.